Welcome to Viewpoints listeners. I'm your host, Henry Grossack, and it gives me great pleasure, oh, and sadness too, to uh, to introduce the final What's Making News for 2022, um, but of course we'll be back in 2023, bigger, brighter and better if that's possible, um, but uh, Russell Hamby, my co-host on this, uh, is this the ultimate? If it's the penultimate is the second last one, this is the ultimate, isn't it? Yes, I think it would be technically, isn't it? Yeah, and of course, ultimate also has another meaning. It means the best, doesn't it? Yes, so we've got the both going for us today, haven't we? Yeah, well, we should have. Well, that's right. People <laughs> might say, "Why have you saved your best up till last? We've been listening to you all year, and you're telling us now at long last you got your act together and doing a good one." <clears throat> we didn't say that, did we, Russell? No, we would never do that. Now, did we have? Did you have any homework? Yeah, I did a little bit. Oh, you, you, and you've done it, I presume. Yeah, I had a quick look at it. Uh, Chess Plus, remember you said there's a yes. new game, or fairly new. You were introduced to, I think, when you went to Sydney. Um, and so I had a look at it uh, online, and uh, there was even a three-minute uh, YouTube showing you how to play, which sounds fairly interesting. Yeah, where where as you say, pieces are combined into uh, two uh, parts, and you. The pieces take the form of either and they go in the direction of whatever the two parts are. And that's the biggest difference between that and real chess, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and it's it, it involves all the skills of chess. It, uh, the plus is actually right because it does take you into a more flexible uh, domain in your thinking because uh, one piece can do the moves of two pieces. Yes, and you can split them into singles if you want. And, yeah. And yeah, uh, I imagine it sounds like a much faster game because you would uh, you'd suddenly be found uh, there's a combination coming your way you didn't <laughs> think about. Yeah, well, you can end and up you, with three queens. Yeah, and you can make queens if you make it to the pawn, makes it to the far side, all these yeah. little rules. Yeah, so. they're, they're, quite, they're quite amazing. Um, well done. Yes, it's an interesting game, and I'm sure it'll it'll continue to catch fire on with people, be catch on fire with people because it uh, it it's, it's a variation of a, an old long-standing, very popular, you know, world game, and it's uh, it's spiced it up a bit, hasn't it? It has. And, in fact, I see that you can use variations for drafts and checkers for younger children even, so it's a, with these combinations. So it's a, an interesting concept, isn't it? Absolutely. Well, we better get into our ultimate uh, program for the year of What's Making News. We'll be back late January, early Feb. Um, but uh, thanks so much for the work you've done, Russ. You've been great. You've uh, taken over um, when we do have a break in the middle. You've taken over re reintroducing the program in the second half. We won't be doing that today. We can't have you running the show too much. It's apparently <laughs> apparently your second half of the shows are more popular than the first half, according to Robert's stats, and he attributes that to the fact that you've been introducing the second part of it. Uh, so in thanking you for it, you won't be doing it today because we want to keep the ratings from the first half at the same level it's the second half. <laughs> Robert's <laughs> over there, my producer, shaking his head. Thank you for that. And uh, we've got a, another year down and um, we've had our share of listeners and we're really indebted to them for um, for sticking with us. We, we do this... Uh, it's, it's a voluntary thing. It's a hobby, really. And so um, while people want to listen to what's making news, um, we'll keep doing it, eh? That's right. We'll, we'll look at 2023 uh, with renewed vigour, maybe. Yes, vigorously with <laughs> renewed vigorously. Anyway, let's cut the nonsense. The news, Russell, gender can affect chances of survival in ICU, according to a study. Women are more likely to die in intensive care from male-dominated conditions, including cardiac issues, than men. 
The findings of the world first study involving almost 1.5 million Australian and New Zealand ICU patients shocked the researchers who set out to examine how sex and gender may influence a person's chance of survival. Well, it's a bit disturbing and fascinating. Yes, because what uh, we traditionally thought that men, more men suffer for heart problems, uh, but apparently uh, women are roughly one and a half times more likely to die in ICU following heart surgery than men. Uh, and uh, this follows a, a survey more than 10 years on the go uh, from 200 hospitals in Australia and New Zealand. But it, And so it works the other way too. Men suffering from, say, salt levels in the blood, diabetes and complications or following bone or spinal surgery, they rather surprisingly are at a heightened risk of death compared with women. Uh, and a lot of those are traditionally what we call women's uh, illnesses more. So it's, uh, there's, there's no real rhyme or reason to it, isn't it? Now, women, women admitted to ICUs with relatively few female patients um, were more likely to die than men and vice versa. And so the reasons why is a bit strange, isn't it, as why that would be? Mm. And according to Modra, the researcher, the speculation is uh, it could be linked to cognitive bias. What's cognitive bias, Russell? Well, I guess that's by the brain of the uh, people. What they're saying, I think, is that uh, women in uh, who are admitted for heart conditions often get fewer treatment than men by the, uh, the medical staff because there's a bias against women for that illness and uh, another reason may be for heart problems that women's vessels are perhaps harder to treat um, and so uh, the other reason is teens they're used to men's or women's outcomes uh, separately in majority groups and uh, they sort of when um, they find a woman with a heart problem they probably think uh, oh, they're usually not getting it as badly as men and therefore the treatment is less. Mm, it's a, it's a really fascinating topic that, and it's been. Uh, they also think there could be biological reasons for all of this, as well as um, cognitive bias and uh, and other reasons. So, but it's a fascinating finding, and one which, um, at least now that they know that, they can possibly do something about it. Indeed, yes. Now, the general trend, the general assumption thing is that there's not a lot of difference between men's and women's outcomes, really, compared with what we may have thought in the past. Correct. Now, moving on to the second one, Russell. Yes, uh, this is in the Herald Sun's slow return to the office. Uh, we've discussed this sort of thing over the time, all through COVID and that, about how many are not turning up to work at the city. Now, only one in five CBD employees are working in the office five days a week, a new survey has found but at least half the businesses surveyed are enforcing a policy for staff to be in the city for at least three days a week. And, uh, yes, yeah, so um, the office occupancy in November was 57%. In October, it was down to 45%. So there's a slight increase. Now, a Victorian Chamber of Commerce survey found that 41% are in town at least three days a week. That compares with 39% in June. And a third are there one or two days and 19, only 19% or one in five are there for the whole week. And about a quarter of employees require at least two days. So the sort of the main average seems to be they want to go back for three days a week and have two away. Mondays and Fridays are still relatively quiet. And uh, anecdotally, the CBD dies after 3 p.m. That's an interesting one, after 3 p.m. You would have thought, um, I mean, if you go to... Sydney, and I've been in Sydney recently a couple of times, it doesn't die on those days at 3pm. It's quite a different city to Melbourne. 
Yes, uh, it's interesting how there is a difference between the cities uh, around Australia on the uh, take-up back of work too, as, as well as what's open and not open. The VCCI CEO, Paul Guerra, he says that people are spending more time in the office uh, or he advocates spending more time because he says teams work face-to-face, which is a good idea. They share ideas and they can attend work events. So there, I think we've talked about the, the social advantages of working in an office, haven't we, in the past? Absolutely. You know, it, uh, it's, uh, it's, a, it's, the new, it's the brave new world of um, post or approaching post-COVID um, pandemic uh, impact, isn't it? Yes, it's not as if people are avoiding the city uh, for other things because the, like the big uh, Billy Joel concert and other mm. things are happening. Mm. He was just jumping at the weekend, wasn't it? There? Oh, absolutely. We went to see the Billy Joel concert. It was just superb, brilliant. Mm. You know, um, I thought there were many, many highlights. I thought one of them was, uh, and of course there were 71,000 people there, that of itself, and they're all pro Billy Joel, so you've got this electric atmosphere in that massive stadium and the weather was beautiful. Uh, but I thought one of the highlights, Russell, while we're digressing for a moment, was when uh, Billy Joel said, uh, he said, look, I'm no Mick Jagger, and then played, um, you know, about uh, a minute of one of his uh, rock and roll songs and then in slow motion sort of caricatured uh, the uh, Mick Jagger body movements and gestures and then when he finished he said, see, I told you I was no... um, no Mick Jagger, <laughs> everybody <laughs> laughed. Uh, but no, all in all, um, it's always a, it's always a. I know you pay for it, but it's always, I think, a privilege to see people of that calibre, uh, with their support people. Um, they're all A grade, A list uh, artists uh, in in a big stadium with A list production, uh, do what they did and. Uh, Billy Joel doesn't travel much anymore, so you're unlikely to see too many more times of Billy Joel live in Australia. I know he does perform in New York, I think it is, but not not so much out of there anymore. No, oh, well, I'm glad you, uh, you enjoyed yourself. I haven't heard anyone say anything bad about that uh, concert at all. No. Did you, did you ever play Billy Joel music on your <laughs> programs? Oh, yes, yes. I, I often uh, he gets a figure in many weeks, you know, his uh, downtown girls and all his regulars, piano man and stuff. <laughs> and what about so? What if you had one? Whether he's if you had a favourite Billy Joel song from his 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 catalogue, what would it be? Well, probably those two. I think uh, would be hard to, to beat. Mm. Uh, how about you? I he didn't play the song I like the most because you can't play everything. Of course, I like Leave a Tender Moment Alone. All right, yeah. So he certainly got a big repertoire. Yeah. Oh, huge repertoire, and of course, in two and a two hours and twenty minutes, which was how long he was on stage, um, he can't play everything. But it was a it was no. a great a great night. Now moving forward, Russell, concern over data demand on renters. This is in the Age. Nick Duncan spent three weeks looking for a rental with his partner in Sydney, and he was struck by how much information he needed to hand over in the hopes of securing a lease. Things have got pretty tough for renters. Yes, uh, there aren't the, people aren't uh, sort of buying the houses they, or they can't afford the houses, so more and more people are renting and it's, they're getting, it is getting tougher, isn't it, both in the cost and what is required. Yes, in this article, uh, lots of information is needed uh, often, and it's often st- stored in third-party rental databases. It's done that to, to enable applications for several properties via one online pat- platform, which can help estate agents. They can sort of look you up 
to see uh, what you're about. Now, agents uh, can do tenant-paid background checks uh, for security from that. But it does raise a few questions. Uh, Is there overreach with all the information that's required? And uh, what about the risks to data security? And it's an unregulated market. There's no real guidelines. In fact, the University of New South Wales Institute of Cybersecurity Director Nigel Fair says that no more should be necessary than the 100 points of identity. The big questions are where is it kept, this information, for how long, and has it sold to third parties? And so um, they're the big questions, what the third parties are doing with it. Now, the Tenants Union New South Wales CEO, uh, Les Ross, he, uh, or Leo Ross, said that the database companies serve real estate agents' interests and not really the tenants. Yes, it's uh, it's uh, it's it's changed the and and tenants in historically often people have said have had the raw deal. It it, it has changed and and it's balanced up. I guess some people even think it's gone too far, but um, that's another another discussion for another time. But these days you also have to bid. You know, you can. We we used to. I remember when I was young, we'd rent, we'd go, and there'd be a place, there'd be a price, and you'd either get it or you wouldn't, based on your ability to pay and references now. Um, there's often bidding, isn't there, from what I hear? Yes, this week, apparently it's quite illegal to raise the uh, amount, but uh, people are still doing it. They're either offering more or being asked more. And uh, but, but, so they're trying to clamp down on that. Thing. Apparently a couple of years ago they, they made that illegal. It is. Well, that's a good thing. Now, the final of the uh, what's making news other than the um, odd spot, Russell, you have the privilege... Yes, another medical good news story, new hope for breast cancer. Um, A radical new way to treat early breast cancer has been successfully trialled in Melbourne and offers hope to women worldwide. The Australian therapy has revealed radiation therapy is an unnecessary trauma for many women with early breast cancer, despite nearly all patients receiving the treatment. And um, the Australian trial found that radiotherapy was an unnecessary trauma, as I said. Um, Now, the MRI, you have an MRI now, that will Mm. predict which women require radiation. In the past, everyone did it because 10% of women did need the radiation, but they didn't know who did and who didn't. So they all got it with uh, 90% of people going through the trauma unnecessarily. But the MRI also confirms low-risk cancer. Apparently, one in 10 cancers are missed in mammograms. And so uh, until now, radiation was given to all women diagnosed and 10% would have a recurrence without it. And that's why they, they did it to everybody. Mm, it's, uh, it's an interesting one, that one, Russell. When we come to the final one, the odd spot, the last one, the ultimate odd spot, um, I think... We've had other very good ones, but this is an interesting one. I, 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 I pass to you. That's right. A case of art imitating life, or more accurately, lifeless, left police red-faced as they broke down the doors of a London gallery to rescue a woman apparently slumped unconscious over a table. Officers were responding to reports of someone in distress, as seen through the gallery's window. But what, what they found was a lifelike mannequin made of packing tape and foam that was part of an installation called Christina. Now, it was not the first time emergency mix-up involving Christina Earlier this year, paramedics were called to the Laz Emporium Gallery to help her. So they, this this um, sculpture or this model was thought to be a real a real person. Did they resuscitate the the, the sculpture? What was that? Know. Or have they consigned it to the garbage bin? 
I don't know that it must have been uh, real uh, lifelike because, uh, you know, they, they would have checked it out through the window themselves and they didn't want to take any chances, I suppose. You know. <laughs> it, look, whoever the artist was, you have to compliment them because they obviously made the uh, the <laughs> they made the yeah. sculpture very, very realistic. Have you ever been to the Waxworks? Because some yes. of those look pretty realistic from a distance. I do, yes. Uh, uh, Madame Tussauds I went to in London. Yes, that was good. Yeah, yes, we did too. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's quite sort of uncanny because you go there and you look at these and they're lifelike. They're almost – they're sort of made almost a size, aren't they, too? And if you yes. have a quick glimpse, you go, oh, there they are. You, you, you almost do a double take, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Now, do you think there's any chance of, the, of Russell Hanby ending up in the waxworks somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> no, only if I <laughs> – only if I stood there myself and kept very still for half an hour. That would be the closest. <laughs> well, the icon of Casey Radio should be somewhere in a waxworks, don't you think? <laughs> oh, no, look, we've got to the point, I think, where it's getting ridiculous. It's probably time we signed off for the year, Russell. What do you think? Yeah, it's probably a good time, I think, to probably do it Probably a good time. Once again, thank you, Russ, so much for your support and uh, too often being the fall guy for my – Rather, um, at times, bizarre sense of humour. How do you put up with me, by the way? You just got used to me? Uh, you're sort of, I'm sort of used to it, but I, I never cease to be rather surprised every week with something that comes up. I'm also surprised <laughs> you keep coming back, Russ, as well. <laughs> <laughs> that's our producer, listeners, Robert Kelly. He keeps coming back too. That's although, true. Although he did, uh, that's another story for another time, he did let my tyres down once. Uh, not just figuratively, I might suggest. I, I deny all responsibility for that. Yeah, listeners, he told me one day, you don't know this story, listeners, but it's been a running joke now for a uh, goodness knows how long, well over a year, I would think. Um, we were having a bit of fun here and Robert just said casually, I'll let your tyres down. Anyway, it was a Friday and we'd done some pre-recording and I went to the car park, they'd all gone and it was a rainy, rainy day and I get there, it's later in the late, in, it was actually winter time too, it was late at night, late in the evening, it was getting dark, cold and wet. I go to my car and there was my one of my back tyres let down. This great big nail was sticking out of it. Now, he's denied ever doing that, but only a few hours earlier he yeah. said that he would let my tyres down. Pure I'll coincidence. Defend yourself. Pure coincidence. If I was going to do it, I wouldn't have let you know in advance. There you go. Uh, I think it spurred you on. And and furthermore, we have quite a few CCTV external cameras around the school. The one place we don't have them is where my car is parked, so there was no way of ascertaining. And I'm sure, being as uh, uh, IT savvy as Mr Kelly is, he would have known that he wouldn't have been spotted. And, and it was a most unpleasant time changing that tyre no, in sounds the pouring awful. rain. Sounds awful. I feel, oh. I know, I feel awful for you. No, no, no. Yeah, but you and, and, and I suppose Rob didn't go in the rain to help you, no. no he I was, was nowhere to be seen. He'd gone. Probably. I was probably tucked gone. up in bed at home. And because it was <laughs> raining, I couldn't see any footprints anywhere. <laughs> and I've had to live with the fact that Robert thinks it was, what a coincidental... It's pure coincidence. Yeah, pure coincidence. This is on that note, we want to wish you all the best over the festive season. Thank you, as I said earlier, for hanging in there with us. And uh, we'll be back next year. You'll be back, won't you, Russ? I'll think about it, yeah. Oh, yes, I'll come back, yes. Yeah, and Robert Kelly, he's let my tyres down once. He'll come back. He's got satisfaction, haven't you? I've got another three tyres to go. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone.